0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Connect Podcast. This is the continuation of our student questions podcast, where we've been answering questions from students. So if this is your first time here, you're not sure what it is, go back to episode 15 and give that a listen to kind of know who we are, who's talking, and the first set of questions that we've been answering. So, well, we're gonna jump right back in. So again, if you haven't listened to that first part, now is the time I would recommend going back to that first part and giving that a listen. It's free. Mm-hmm. So. You should, you should do it but the economics teacher in me says that nothing's actually ever free so but whole different story there all right so here we are we're doing student questions and we're now back with one from aaron who would like to know if you can bring your own chromebook to school so what's the policy on bringing our own devices to school i think our kids um, know about phones Yeah, I don't have it in front of me right now, so I can't
1: quote the actual board policy number, but there is a policy about personal student communication devices at school, and that is a no-no, at least in instructional spaces. So when in the classroom, student communication devices, i.e. phones, laptops, Chromebooks, things like that, should not be out. Uh, That's okay during, uh, uh, during lunch things like that. But personal Chromebooks, that's a no-go. Got to use the school-issued Chromebooks for instructional purposes in the classroom. Um, and there you go. All right. So, well, yeah, we do.
2: and just to kind of point out that we're not supporting um, any personal devices. So, if something happens to it while it's here at school, uh, it's going to be a hard sell for us to try to, you know, to want to come and help you and fix it and um, it's not going to be connected to our uh, awesome, fabulous Wi-Fi uh, that we all use. It will be connected to a slower, less, uh, less superior Wi-Fi, <laughs>
1: Wi-Fi. Less superior. Oh my gosh, you're making it sound like it's a big. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But, well,
2: but, it's filtered. It's
1: yeah, filtered, but you're right. Yeah, we're we're yeah we it's don't. Not, support... It's just
2: not wide open.
1: Yeah, we don't support personal devices. You know, we're not going to troubleshoot, repair. Uh, personal devices, because um, we just don't have that kind of expertise for all the wide range of devices that might come in.
0: All right. So that was kind of the next question. The big one you know, is, is, is internet filtering. This seems to be every time we open this up to students, they want to know why this is blocked and why this isn't blocked or and that. So we're going to dive into some, some filtering questions here. So the first one comes from Caden, who is actually a virtual student that responded to the survey. Um, and, and she let me know that. And she was curious about why are things like Spotify blocked? Why are things like uh, Spotify blocked? Music streaming services and, and that.
1: I mean, you get you get two questions there. One, why is there filtering in the first place? That's due to SIPA. That's the Children's Internet Protection Act. Uh, it's a federal law that stipulates that any schools must have a bare minimum of filtering to keep out... Um, Uh, sexually explicit uh, as well as um, uh, violent and other content out of school districts. Um, And then you've got another layer uh, on that that many school districts put on top of that, which is like you're here to learn and there are lots of distractions throughout the day. It could be your friends. It could be a video game. It could be um, just it could be just a simple website uh, that uh, has some video that you want to watch or some music that you want to listen to. And it's just too great of a distraction, like a Netflix or a Spotify or something like that for students. So there, that's that extra layer of, of things that we manage uh, to help make the learning environment a little more stable.
0: So that's excellent. That kind of leads us into that next question, because Thomas asked about lifting some of the restrictions for after school hours, the devices for educational purposes. We tend to go to school from eight until three. So what about after school? Can we do something about lifting some restrictions after school? And I know we that have. we have. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a, this is an excellent point to, to point out is uh, just bef- prior to Christmas break we went into our go guardian filter and we created a new policy called after school where we took out a lot of the, uh, a lot of the games and, and, and even things like Spotify. So, um, it should be available to you after hours, um, Correct. between I think it's like 3 30 PM to something like 7:30 uh, AM. And we recommend eight hours of sleep in there somewhere but uh definitely you should be able to partake in some of those things thomas and other students that were asking so we do have we do have we have lifted some of that restriction for you guys and we haven't heard any complaints yet so there you um, go been pretty we also haven't heard very many compliments so you
1: know
0: <laughs> <laughs> let us know if you guys can get to the certain things after school let us know so um definitely give that a shot next up Evan has another question about blocking things. Again, this is the internet filtering. Evan would like to know when a new site that has unblocked games is quote trending, end quote, how do we know to block it? So how wow. <laughs> would you like to know? <laughs> Lots of ways. There, uh, are things, it comes down to.
1: there are some things we just know. I gotta yeah. I gotta say, you know what?
2: <laughs> Magic Aquici.
0: Intuition, secrets, man, trade secrets. Yeah, but but in reality, <laughs> I think I can I can jump a little into this. Is that you know sometimes we get we get information from teachers or teachers are like, <gasps> hey, the teachers rat out the students. No, yes, probably. <laughs> but what it comes down to is is that maybe like you know a t- teacher teacher X says. Seven kids in my class were off task playing this game. Can you block it? That becomes a teacher request. And we say, yep. You know, especially if it's a game. If there's no educational purpose to it, then yeah, we, we do tend to block it. Then other ways is that our GoGuardian filter is adaptive. It is used by multiple schools. So one of the things that happens is as um, multiple schools start to block certain websites, what happens is GoGuardian adds them to our block list for us. Yeah, so it's,
1: it might not even be our fault. Blame the other yeah.
0: schools. Blame the other schools. Blame your friends' schools. Yep. All right. And then finally, the third way is is that, you know, we do have a list of most frequently visited websites. Um, and if it does pop up into those top 50 trending websites, um, we check. I, I, I will say I personally check once a week and go through and check in our GoGuardian to see how frequently certain websites are being visited. Um, And when that happens, if there's a, you know, click here to put chocolate chips on a cookie game or something like that, I, it's not something we should be doing during school hours. So block it during school hours, but you know, what you do at 3.30, it's kind of up to you a little bit. So if you want to click all night, get your eight hours of sleep and, yeah, we got to get that cookie clicker unblocked for uh, after hours for sure. Yeah. So we definitely have that. So that's kind of how that works, Evan. So hopefully that answers your questions. All right. Now. Wallace would like to know why certain items are blocked from being downloaded and installed on Chromebooks and how can students get items downloaded and installed? So I think he's talking more in the app side here, the apps and extension side, and not so much um, like, you know, certain like, why can't I why is this PDF blocked? I think he's thinking more, more apps. So Ben or Tanya, you guys want to take this one? Tanya, I think, would be good at this one.
2: All right. So first of all, um, a lot of apps uh, that are in the App Store um, can't be trusted and don't play well with one another. Mm, Yeah. So um, a lot of problems that we see on certain websites have to do with, you know, let's say you uh, downloaded a pop-up blocker or a, you know, something like that, and some of the websites require that you have the pop-up kind of enabled that is that's usually kind of a red flag it usually they they don't play well with each other so we actually uh have everything all of the apps and extensions kind of blocked and we only whitelist the ones that uh we see a need for here in the district um so if there is one that you really want or really think that would be really useful uh we suggest that uh you put in a request to have it whitelisted, and then you you are able to download it from there.
0: Right, and to do um, that would be start, going through our help desk system and submitting a help desk email, or contacting the office.
2: And just not everything like Chromebooks aren't meant to run programs. So if it's an EXE file or something that you're trying to download, it's I mean you might be able to download it, but it's not going to install necessarily on your not a Windows, you know, machine, it's not something that uh, is going to run a lot of um, complicated programs. It's meant mm-hmm. to be mainly a, you know, a web browser. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, with obviously lots of tools and things that can be um, accessed from that. But uh, I think that's, I mean, what do you guys think? I think that kind of sums it up.
0: Yeah, I think you did a good job there. The, again, and the important part is, is that these Chromebooks, they run Chrome OS. They don't run Windows. They don't run Mac. They don't even run Linux. They run a very specific system that is is designed to be utilized with the Chrome web browser and with Google Docs and other websites. It's not meant to be something that we install. When you talk about storage space on these Chromebooks, you're talking 16 gigabytes, and the operating system is taking up anywhere between four and eight. So you know, you talk about a video game download. I just saw in the news that like Call of Duty, you know, Black Ops Two is not going to fit on a PlayStation hard drive if you do all of the downloadable content. Like, and a nice. PlayStation hard drive starts at 500 gigabytes. So you know, when you talk about these games with these graphics, it's it's too big for Chromebooks, and the Chromebooks yeah. doesn't have the the processing power, the brain behind it to definitely to do this push that. Yep. yep. So that is that's kind of why. That happened, Wallace, all right? And finally, our last question before we go back and revisit our stump us. You ready? Yep. This one was submitted the first time we sent it out. It was submitted again by students this time. What is the purpose of our Chromebooks? So why are we one-to-one with Chromebooks? Why are we a K-12 one-to-one school district with, K-book, with Chromebooks between first and 12th grade? There
1: is a uh, a, a saying that's going around, uh, not just Michigan, but around the country, something called Anytime, Anywhere Learning. And the idea is that um, there are so many tools that are out there that are available for learning, not just teacher-directed tools like, hey, here's your textbook and go to this page and do this activity, but... Tools that can be discovered and used by students on their own, um, and the only way to do that is to ensure that every student has access to a device, and that is why we have this one-to-one. Is so that any student at any time, um, provided they have internet at home, um, is, is able to access uh, our our online textbooks, like a Big Ideas Math, or our Wonders, or My Math, and um, or um, Interact uh, with their peers and with their their teacher in unique and different ways, you know, rather than just writing an essay, maybe um, typing up a uh, a paper and then using the the webcam that's built in to to create a uh, a video to to demonstrate uh, uh, what you're learning in class and then share with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really what it comes down to. Anytime, anywhere.
0: Um, Learning, yeah, and I think um, there's a, a keynote speaker I saw years ago at McCall named uh, Jamie Cassip, and he was the chief um, educational evangelist for Google, right? So he he worked for Google. He was very high up. He was a great job
2: title.
0: Yeah, it is a kind of cool <laughs> job title. I'm the chief evangelic evangelist of education. Um, but his big idea was he talked about he grew up in Hell's Kitchen in um, Manhattan, New York. Uh, And it was a very rough neighborhood when he lived there. He was the, the, you know, son of immigrants. And he talked about how if he wanted knowledge, he had to get to the library. And then something happened where all of a sudden you could walk around with 10,000 libraries in your pocket or in your backpack and just the ability to connect. And that quote has always stuck with me when I think about One to one education or or providing students with devices and connection is that, you know, we've just expanded your knowledge base from the adults that you talk to in a classroom into the peers that you talk to in a classroom. To anyone, anywhere, anytime, and I think that's so important. So again, it's one of those things that, that I know I truly believe in. Um, So definitely one of those, those things that are there. So that's why we have them for you guys. And and it's our role as instructional technology people to kind of help your teachers unlock those powers for you. That's what we're trying to do. So, all right. Anything to add, Tanya?
2: Uh, just, you know, trying to step outside the classroom a little yeah. bit, you know, make make it, um, make things available to you that you may not be able to go out and actually visit.
0: Yep, so, for sure. Mm. Just opening
2: your world a little bit.
0: Yep. Awesome. So that wraps up our student questions. But we have one more question today, and that's in our Stump Us.
1: Yay.
0: So last time on Stump Us, I asked a question, what was the original name of Google? And you guys gave me no real good answers. I don't recall what they were.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. There were plenty of good answers. Okay, don't no start. No correct answers. Don't, there, thank you.
0: <laughs> start passing your judgment <laughs>
1: off
2: on <them>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
0: But when Google first started, they called it back rub. And they called it equally back rub. Un, unsuited for a search engine, but whatever. It's all good. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but basically the, the idea behind that was it was a clever play on words. Um, based on the fact that Google was using backlinks to index the web for their search engine. So that's where that name came from. And we didn't really get a stump us from any students and we didn't get a stump us from any teachers. So I what? did find myself another stump us question. So I again, come on. Come I am ineligible on. from answering this question. I'm going to call it. All right, then. I'm, I'm going gonna... to the next time. That's fine. This isn't fair. That's fine. I'll get a teacher one next time. Maybe, maybe Mike Glassman will submit some more for us. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So this one's for me. And it is a geography based question. So testing your United States geography knowledge here. You ready? What would be really clever would be if I talked about the question that knocked me out of the geography B in fourth grade that I'm still bitter about. But we're not going to go there. All right, you got you so, got issues, man. Probably, you got issues. <laughs> so here you guys go. Which two states do not observe daylight savings time? And I do this because daylight savings time is next weekend from when we're recording this. So I know it is relevant. Uh, Tanya, you know, you want to take a stab
1: at it?
2: Well, if I had to guess. I would say like Hawaii and like
1: Alaska. Those uh, would be I, my guesses. Yeah, those are good guesses. I will, I will, I will agree with you. Hawaii is one of them, uh, but the other one is Arizona. All right, Arizona does not participate in daylight saving
0: time. So is that your guys' final answer? Hawaii, absolutely. And Arizona. No, 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 no. I mean, I think we get two shots at this. Oh, you guys get two shots. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii and Alaska and Hawaii and Arizona, you know. it's Hawaii, Alaska, and Arizona, two out of three, you think. Right? Yeah, Yeah. there we go. So, cool. We'll have to wait until next time to see if you guys are right on that. But I do want to point out that does Indiana do it? Yes. Have a wonderful time. Again, signing off. I am Dan. I'm Tanya. And I'm Ben. We'll see you next time on Tech Connect.